Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back to the Grave Consequences Podcast. I am Caleb B, and that's where you can follow me on Twitter. You can follow Greg at X Maserati. He'll put that in the description because I'm not going to spell it right now. I'm not going to bother. Make sure you follow the Social Suplex at Social Suplex on Twitter. Subscribe to the Social Suplex Podcast Network wherever you download your podcast. And as always, you know, search for the Grave Consequences Podcast while you're at it if you just want our feed. Because, you know, as great as the Social Suplex Podcast Network it is, and it is, don't get me wrong, our show is so great. It's like, I kind of want this show separate from the others, you know? Maybe maybe I want to listen to Caleb and Greg twice instead of once, you know? Um, but, but today here, folks, we're review- reviewing Season 1, Episode 25 of Lucha Underground, the title, the working title that we are going with, given the date of... January 28th, this is the way of the Dogecoin. You know what I just realized? What'd you realize? We're recording the day we normally drop. Yeah, we are. We just dropped, uh, we just dropped our best title episode yet of uh, Dario is a Dick. <laughs> it's the least creative one, but uh, it makes sense for the episode. And it- It's so true, though, man. It, it could is. be the episode like, for every episode, to be honest with you. It, it literally could, yes. It'd be like a Rocky Balboa situation. Um, mm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, again, we just told you the date, January 28th. Go back in your Google machine and figure out you know, what was happening then. And uh, fuck the Mets, not just coming from a Braves fan, but also from someone who likes to do some retail trading here and there. I was just telling Caleb I put forty down. No, I put fifty down on AMC because uh, mm-hmm. Robinhood won't let you trade, but Ameritrade will. Uh, I didn't yes. try GameStop because I morally I, I hate GameStop, but I I understand what people are trying to do and I, <laughs> I respect it. It's just having worked for the company and knowing people that have worked for it and how they've been done dirty, uh, I can't give them any money. But uh, in this is probably going to drop in three weeks. So if I have I think so, yeah. They're going to open trading back up on Friday, so I'm hoping it blows up in the good way. Uh, I mean, worst case scenario, I lose 50 bucks. Who gives a crap? Uh, I was just added to a trading group, and someone dropped $43,000 that they had in the stock on AMC. Uh, so now this isn't 
gonna I, I could say that without getting in trouble because this will air <laughs> way after the aftermath of AMC. But uh, mm-hmm. that's how crazy people are taking it. Never bet more than you, than you can afford to lose. Exactly. Yeah. Don't put your life savings on short squeezing. That is wild. Um, crazy. <laughs> I put $67 into Dogecoin because on Wednesday, before AMC, before they shut down AMC trading, I uh, put $100 into a Robinhood account. And then, you know, Robinhood decides, ah, yeah, you can't buy a AMC or GameStop. You can sell them, but you can't buy them. I was like, well, I have I have a hundred dollars here, and uh, I put some into Nokia and some into Naked, and uh, put the rest into Dogecoin. So it's currently trading at like four cents a share. Um, maybe it'll be up to a dollar by the time by the time this drops, and old uh, old Caves will be able to go to part uh, part time. Hey man, like uh, if you get a chance, because. Uh... Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be leaving Robinhood because of the, uh, well, the double standard between individuals and you know big Wall Street guys. If you get a chance, mm-hmm. switch to Ameritrade because you can. I could buy. Uh, there was no restrictions. <clears throat> Absolutely. I uh, will download that app right now. Actually. Yep. Just do an individual account. You said good. Ameritrade. Yeah, TD Ameritrade. It's gotcha. I mean, it's it's a little bit uh because the thing about Robinhood is it's a little bit geared towards beginners so it helps you out but obviously mm-hmm. they're they're trying to rig the game in a, in a way that they want you to to uh <clears throat> invest the way you know the wall street guys want so uh mm-hmm. they're changing the rules and i don't like that so i i would suggest yeah. a trade i don't know about scott trade i haven't used that in a while and i don't know any yeah. others so yeah, but they're Robin like uh, these guys. These guys who are rigging, you know, rigging the game, changing the rules. They're sort of like Dario Cueto, man. Yeah, uh, I could. I think they're a little bit more not sinister because I understand why people do it. Like, here's the thing: like people are like, oh, they're just evil, greedy people. They're not really evil, greedy people. Their money is survival. Money. The more mm-hmm. money you have, the more chances you have. Your family has at survival. So you're. If you have the chance, if you get enough power to rig the game, it's just human nature. Corruption is inevitable. Yeah. Like if you're a socialist mm-hmm. country, if you're in a capitalist country, there's corruption everywhere. It's just yes, different it's human nature, as you had said. Yeah, we human beings have never designed any type of platform or group or organization that is uh, invincible to corruption. So. It's just, you know, it's how it is. But they are changing the rules, and, you know, you got to fight back by not using yeah. their tools. Yeah, fuck them. Uh, <laughs> so first thing on the show, an ad about a car with Idris Elba? What? What's he doing in the temple? Oh, wait, no, I watched it on Tubi. That's why I got that ad. Um, I had no. no idea what you were talking about, too. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the actual first thing we get to see in the temple is uh, Dario Cueto walking around with the crew in the bows of the temple, and he explains to them what a layup is. It's an easy shot. It's an open bucket. It's all these things. And you've missed it. And you screwed up. And he's just so in- incredulous about, you know, about them missing this shot. It's ridiculous. And he's pissed. And so he offers them some real motivation and he said, hey, if you disappoint me again, don't apologize to me. Apologize to my brother, Matanza. Yeah, Dario is 
an interesting person, and I'm going to have a spiel about him, I think, a little bit further down the episode. But mm. he doesn't know how to gauge actual talent because yeah. he's looking for the wrong things. He's looking – he associates ruthlessness and cruelty with power. And the, the, the crew has that. They have ruthlessness and cruelty, but they're bullies, but they suck. Yeah. And, and he that's the thing about a bully is like, if you knock it down, it's not going to get up. Yeah, but like a like some people like yeah, that's the thing is a scary. I think there needs to be a new term because <laughs> uh, you know, especially nowadays because there's different kinds of bullies I'm noticing like, and it's too much of an umbrella term where people that shouldn't be thrown in there are like some people are dangerous like they might kill you. That's not a bully. You know, or someone that is going to yeah. get back up. Someone, the worst kind of bully, uh, is the bully that actually wants you to fight, fight back. So because they know they can stomp you into the ground. Yeah, it's a different, dangerous kind of bully, and that's not what they are. They're just the cowardly bullies that suck. Yeah. The kind of cowardly bullies you fight back, they're done for. They they don't know how to respond because oh my god, what they're fighting back? This is ridiculous. You know. Yeah, they put. I think they only who who did they have victories over like really? Um, you know what? I'm trying to think. I they got one victory over a trio the week that they turned on Big Rick, but I think that's the only win they've ever got. Man, was that the one where they put Pimpinella and uh, um, Mascarita on the shelf? No, they lost that match. They lost that one where Sexy Star was the only one there? Yeah, because Big Rick did a run-in. Oh, my God. Yeah, Dario is kind of like, he doesn't know. Like, he did give him a hell of a layup. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he... Yeah, no, the crew sucks. <laughs> it's so weird how not angry. Like, he's he's threatening them, but, like, this kind of goes into how I feel about Dario with his, as an authority figure. He doesn't kind of really... He has joker tendencies. Okay. He doesn't always he doesn't always think about what happens when he's going to catch that car. Oh yeah. yeah like he's upset with the crew, but like he kind of just wants chaos sometimes. Like he's not mm-hmm. as upset as you would think he would be. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Um cuz I'd probably but... like uh just, you know, fire them or hurt them. Yeah. Like, cause he puts mm-hmm. people in, in, in bad, like, let's say uh, I was Dario and, uh, this is, you know, you can't look into any story too much. Like you can't put a magnifying glass over any story before you're going to find flaws, but yep. you know, let's, if I painted a scenario, like what if this episode, uh, opened up with Dario and he has the crew already in the ring. He goes, you know, since you, you let me down after, and he gets the whole speech about the layup. He does that. He's like, I'm going to, uh, teach you a lesson and then out comes cage uh tejano and corno and they stomp the hell out of them one that would give them another one they're on the show later but i'm just saying like as an example like that would give those better heels a a w um Mm -hmm. but also you know he would be teaching them a lesson i'm just am i am i looking at my uh (laughs) thinking about this too hard (laughs) You may be, you may be, because the crew are, I mean, 
they're basically supporting characters, you know? There's not a, a, a ton of focus on them anymore, thank God. They do suck, and that's kind of why I think like it might have been... Um... Maybe even since they already used the people I was talking about, maybe they used them to pump out, pump up Pentagon or, you know, just something crazy. Like, because I, I think they're garbage. They're trash. Yeah, they're, they they're are. Jobs. I mean, they lose all the time. They lost a trios match against uh, <laughs> two losers and a woman with a broken ankle, as Dario said. Uh, they He's lost a three on one handicap. They lost a three on one handicap match as well. They lost to a midget and exotico pardon me a mini and exotica and sexy star in a situation where sexy star was again three on one and they still lost the one match they won i can't remember who they beat like that's how memorable it was i can't remember who they won against either because Mm -hmm. i only remember that one trios match Um, Yeah, no they had two because or Whatever they had multiple. Yeah, well, they they suck. Uh, we'll stop. Yes, they do. <laughs> we'll stop uh, beating the dead horse, but yeah, that's probably a good idea. Uh, so we go into the temple with the uh, with the crowd and everything. So we're here. It's, it shows about to start. The house band tonight is Sergio Mendoza y la orquestra. So Sergio Mendoza and the orchestra for those that can't translate. Um, <laughs> Greg, I'm cultured. I noticed it's that Scottish uh, Irish heritage that that makes you so good at the Spanish. Yep, that's it. That's it for sure. Did you Mix see that? that in uh, with some, some redneck and yep. <laughs> you're cultured, man. Yep. Uh, did you see that gesture that Vampiro did when he when the show opened? Uh, I can't register it right now. What what did he do? He had his like hands like flat. Like as if he was going to clap or as if he was going to do a cry. Turn on your video real quick if you want to. Nah. If you want to show me. I look like, well, okay. Will that mess up? I'm not going to judge you, buddy. You're you're sexy. It's no big deal. Do I have a camera? This is an old laptop. Yes, I do. So he went like this. He went. Hold on. Show me again. Okay, show me. What the? That's weird. Like, yeah, he 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 like. Is he like stabbing Heil Hitler? Like what? What's going on? I don't know. Like, and, and I'll describe it for uh, everyone else. He has two hands parallel but flat, as if he was going to do like a double karate chop or something, or as if he's about to clap but he's but he doesn't commit. And he takes like the top. I don't remember if it was the top or bottom hand, but he like pushes that like a karate chop towards the camera. As if like maybe he's he's like spending money or something, but it's just so it's not you know he's not rainmaking with like money. He's just no. shoving his 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 hand in, in the camera. I don't know. I don't know if it was some kind of like you know uh, I, I don't know. I didn't know what it was because Vampiro does weird stuff, and sometimes I don't know if he's just overly hype and yeah. just can't control his body because he is that guy. Because you're gonna notice like in all the the main events that go crazy, he's not sitting down. He can't. Nope. <laughs> Um, no, he can't. No, so I, I don't know. I, I didn't know if you were if you know. It's one of those things where I probably wouldn't have noticed, but this is like my third time watching the episode, so I was like, "What mm-hmm. the hell is Vampiro yeah. doing?" I picked up on some details, by the way. Uh, in the just to circle back real quick, when the crew was showing Matanza, like they they look scared. <laughs> they look like they were about to piss their pants, dude. 
He should be. He looks like yeah. uh, the guy from uh, Splatterhouse. It's an old I superintendent. Haven't, I haven't seen him, so I mean, I'm a first-time viewer. I haven't seen him, Greg. Oh, so that's what right. Are you talking about? That's right. I'm ahead of myself. We'll get you there. You are, sir. We, the viewer has not seen Matanza yet, and that's, dude, we are 25 episodes into the show. We are a fourth of the way through this series, and whoever this Matanza is, we don't even know what he looks like right now. I don't think we find out in the first season. I think we maybe see his eyes in the finale. That's it. Yeah, you don't see the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So after all of that is considered, the first thing we get as far as in-ring action goes, Melissa Santos introducing us to Phoenix returning, I believe in his I believe this is his first match since Grave Consequences, if I'm not mistaken. What you now? Are. Pardon me, his second. He's second yes. because there he was in the uh, trios match against Team Havoc, as it were, and yes. they lost that one. That's and great. his opponent was was Killshot tonight. And I got when I saw the it's like okay, like imagine Ray Phoenix versus Swerve Scott. Jesus Christ, this is insane. I didn't write a lot of spots down because so much stuck out. Greg, what stuck out to you the most? Well, I said before in the last like three or so episodes, I'm, I'm going to stop doing spots, but I couldn't help it because uh, mm-hmm. this was insane. Uh, Vampiro even made a comment that they're so similar that they appear to be having the exact type of match that they both want and crave. And they, they kind of did. They were almost like parallels to each other because uh, mm-hmm. they the like moves the they were man pointing meme. Yeah, I would say that Spider-Man versus Carnage or Venom. Uh, but yeah, Spider-Man yeah. pointing is, is probably more accurate. I mean, they started off of a basic wrist lock sequence. Only each guy was doing the most unorthodox yet technical reversals from it. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Killshot got on his back when Phoenix had him in a wrist lock and he put his Phoenix's hand underneath Killshot's like, left knee and then just kicked the hand off and then re-grabbed it from the other side. <laughs> and put Phoenix into a, a, his own wrist lock. It's hard to explain, uh, but it was stuff like that. So if you like uh, British chain wrestling, it's kind of like that, only with a lucha spin. Uh, or uh, Jave, I guess, uh, is what Josh says it's pronounced in in, uh, in uh, lucha. It's a more of a ground grappling base, more technical. Uh, yeah. we, one of my favorite spots, dude, was Phoenix did a baseball slide where his legs ended up around kill shots neck and turned it into a hurricane rana yep yep that was one of my favorite it's so simple and it's not a, it's not like a super dangerous uh compared to like you know all the topes they do but i liked it more because mm-hmm. it was just different like you don't see it it was innovative yeah no i would agree i would agree um phoenix ultimately won the match with the fire drivers so phoenix doing pretty good all things considered one great consequence did lose a trios match but not really his fault and he just beat kill shot so big win for phoenix there it's a big win i mean like they gave a lot of high spots to kill shot so it was mm-hmm. another one of those situations where even though he lost he didn't look yeah. like a loser because he lost to a, a fire driver or i think i called it a samoan driver because that's what i thought it is where you yeah. have him like over your shoulder like you're gonna do a power slam but you drop into mm-hmm. a, like a pile driver yeah and you should lose to that and it goes back to something yes. I said before where, you know, as long as it's a believable finish, it's okay to lose. 
You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's when people lose to fuck finishes repeatedly. It's like, okay, you're you're an idiot. But if you lose to like yes. a Mexican destroyer, I don't blame. I'm yeah. I'm not upset. You should be dead. <laughs> exactly. You just exactly. your neck just got broke. I saw, uh, not I saw Jet Li do that in Kiss of the Dragon. So, I know it can kill people. Nice. That's facts. Nice. Absolutely, dude. You know what else is facts? Uh, Dario Cueto confirmed dick because he just just had to harass Drago, who apparently chills in the bathroom. So that's where Drago spends his days. He's like the Miz, circa 2006. I like to imagine he emerges from the toilet whenever summoned. <laughs> oh my god. Well, he's always he is Amazing. always in the, in the bathroom. Uh, Aerostar is mm-hmm. always on the roof. Drago is always in the yep. restroom. Uh, always mm-hmm. in the men's rooms. He's a weirdo. Yeah. What? This is actually where my spiel came in about Dario. Because yeah. I feel that he actually genuinely respects Drago. I do too. I do too. But I think Dario is the toxic type of person. And maybe you know someone like this. Maybe it's been a friend or a family member where they like you. Could even usually it's in it's in a relationship. Most people experience it, but it's someone that likes you, but they treat you like shit because they're afraid of you leaving, or they don't like the fact that they actually like you. Like just people that are kind of, I don't want to say broken, but there are people that, out there that poke and hurt the people they love. Uh, and that's Dario doesn't love Drago, but I think he does respect him, and because he respects him, he has to destroy him because he's just yeah. broken. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a that's a fair point. Because why why do like the question I asked in my notes is like, does Dario really believe in Drago? And the answer, the conclusion I came to was no. Like he wants him to. He seems to want him to. And this is my interpretation. But he seems to want Drago to believe that he believes in him, but also have a little bit of doubt. And in reality, no, he doesn't really believe in him, but. Do you ever watch uh, Community? Uh, it has been a long while, and I've only seen the first season. You know, um, uh, what's who's the uh, the famous comedian that's on the show? The older guy, um, Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase's character. You remember his character? How he would always pit them against each other and like try to like. Yes, uh, that's Dario because he <laughs> he does respect Drago. But he needs Drago to prove that he's he deserves Dario's respect. So he's going to pit him against things uh, because mm-hmm. he's afraid of the same thing as uh, uh, Chevy Chase's character. He's afraid of, you know, people eventually leave him. So he puts him through the ringer to see if they'll stick around, to see if they yeah. deserve his respect, his friendship. So I think that's, you know, he he. Uh, but it's also the Joker thing. Dario is a very interesting character to me because I, it doesn't matter how things end up to him, and when yeah. things when people confront him afterwards, he's genuinely surprised they showed up in his office. <laughs> yes. After he screwed yes. him over, he's like, oh, oh, he's like, oh, he forgets about it. So it's it's trivial to him. Like this is how he treats people. Uh, he's a broken mm-hmm. person, and uh, he's doing it to 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 Drago. And I, I just think, like you said, like he, he doesn't think he can beat Puma. Mm-hmm. I, and what's even it. better is like, okay, well, like, is Drago be, or is Dario being genuine? Does he want to cause problems? Does he want to stir the pot? The answer is yes, because the next thing we cut to is Dario talking to <laughs> Prince Puma. 
<laughs> and, you know, it explains like, hey, you know, a good warrior doesn't think of anything but victory. You got to go whole hog here, man. It's uh the funny thing is with Puma, I wrote down I don't believe he cares about Puma at all, <laughs> based on the way he says things. Though. <laughs> like I just don't nope. get the impression he respects him. I don't get the impression he wants him to win. Uh, yeah. He he doesn't and he's kind of like goes back to my feelings about Puma. Puma is kind of a background character sometimes. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have the presence. And Ricochet's amazing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I don't think he and, cares about Puma. <laughs> yeah, know. no, and just to to further the idea that like Dario likes to to pit people against people. Hernandez walks in. He immediately like gives Hernandez an end to start talking shit about Prince Puma. I know that was, and they wanted you to know that they wanted you to overhear. Hernandez says, "I don't give a crap about Puma," and they they wanted that because they're telling the story of if Puma thinks he can trust Hernandez, and I'll get to that later too. But because there's more into that, but uh, yeah, Dario was surprised that because this Hernandez came up to him because Hernandez is in a three way match against. Cuerno and Cage, right? He's yes, it's basically Cuerno a handicap match. Yeah, and Dario's confused. He didn't see this coming. He didn't see Hernandez being upset about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was surprised. And, yeah, and as a make good because Dario is, let's be honest, Dario is kind of a coward. He says like, you know what? I'm going to give you guys an incentive, a reason to make sure this isn't a handicap match. You're gonna whoever wins this is gonna be the number one contender to the Lucha Underground Championship. So that's man, interesting. I like that stipulation because it. I didn't remember it, uh, and it. And I do like the the. I, I loved his booking actually, frankly, because there's always so much on the line. Yeah, absolutely. Like these, these matches, and this is my complaint about AEW is that sometimes they're just having matches. Yeah. And this in, in yeah. Lucha Underground is like every like there's so many matches where like you're gonna get a title match. You might get Adrian in this mm-hmm. tournament. You you might get something else that comes up later that, that most, me and you love. Most of these matches have stakes in them. Yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So we have established a three way tonight with uh, big hosses of you know King Cuerno, Cage, and Sean Hernandez, aka not Mothra. Um, but the next thing we cut to is a fatal four-way, and I was like, well, this is random. I don't remember this happening. Uh, really <laughs> eclectic group. Eclectic group of Famous B, Ricky Mandel, and after I saw Ricky Mandel, I kind of started to put two and two together. Then, like, Vinny Massaro and Arhenis. I'm like, wait, this is... These are the guys that got their arms broken by Puma, or by Pentagon. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of hoping it would be an Arhenis, you know, match where he could get a, a win, but, uh, Vamp pointed out that too because I forgot Arhenis had his arm broken as well. I forgot that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Arhenis was of the four matches far and away the most competitive. Yeah, easily. But yeah, this was the gauntlet of broken arms. I wrote down this feels random when Tejano shows up and assaults all four wrestlers and takes out the ref. Stiff ass powerbomb to famous B too. It would make Nia Jax uh, uh, look safe. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Tejano said, and I love his opening line because it, it's so true to who Davari is. But he says, I don't know who the hell that guy was. But if he wants to fight, we can fight. So 
are we seeing a bit of a Tejano face turn maybe in the works? I don't remember if it was. I don't. I remember. feel like I, I don't know. I, I don't want to go into spoiler territory because it may not necessarily even be spoiler territory because I'm kind of guessing. But, you know. Should I answer? Because I might know the answer. No, don't okay. answer. OK, <laughs> OK. But yeah, that was uh, that four way was basically a setup to get over. Oh, hey, Tejano's pissed because a mark beat him up. It was kind of cool. mark, a money mark, but a, but a mark. Yeah, I, I like this version of Tejano. It's exciting, mm-hmm. at least. Hey, I yeah, forgot to set like he's getting over with the temple. He really already. I just based on again on the fact that he came in badass, beat up four people, shoved a ref out of the ring. And the crowd's already starting to admire him for it. I think the now the crowd knows who Davari is. It's a little bit easy mm. to, easier to root against him. <laughs> That's fair enough, yeah. You had something to say, though, Greg, and I cut you off. Oh, no, I was just going to point out, because I, I, I don't want to... I'd kick myself if I didn't bring this up, but uh, Hernandez can't talk. No, of course not. He's terrible, and I, I was wondering, because uh, I like his... He actually is great in the upcoming match he did. I liked him. Bruh, he's got so much presence. He's he really so does. good. He's got charisma in yeah. the ring, but he can't talk. Where He's awful. Yeah. Awful. It's truly amazing that that's the case, to be honest with you. It's, it's, he's just negative. Like, in a negative when it comes to talking. He's, he's negative yeah. one star. Like, it's just... I was like, oh, they should never... He needs a mouthpiece. He is just not... No. Yeah. He needs some. He needs like a. He needs like a Conan or someone to manage him. <laughs> Maybe Vampiro is a rival manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he could get Eddie Kingston. Um. <laughs> hey man, when Kingston retires, he's he's got a job as a manager. He's well, so good. That on was a that was a joke because Eddie Kingston did manage. Homicide and Hernandez and TNA in 2018. He did? Yeah. They came back as the OGs and they feuded with Ortiz and Santana. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you should check it out. Maybe. (laughs) I'm still bitter about Bischoff and Hogan, what they did to TNA. Uh, I think even uh, Rich and James would tell you, hey, check out Slammiversary 2018. There was this badass tag match on there. I'll check it out. I still got to go back and uh, watch some other shows. So behind. Fair enough. That's fair enough. Dario is uh, seen leaving the temple on the phone when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a thick, maybe Utah, Utah-based wrestler, potentially, maybe, just a fan, uh, who calls himself Marty the Moth, <laughs> harasses Dario. And uh, Dario says, like, hey, you know, you can't go into the show without a ticket. If you want an autograph, send an email. And Marty says, like, no, I don't want I don't want to be in the crowd. I don't want an autograph. I want to be a part of the show. And Dario is just like, OK. And then he goes to leave and shuts the gate and says, like, I'm sorry, I got to go. Some some fan was just bothering me. He even mentioned at one point, uh, he's like, I, I, he's like, I can't. He, I think he felt that Marty was special. Because he's yes. like, I, I don't think you would do well in here, my friend. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And that's the thing with Marty. Like, so far, I mean, we just saw him, like, and something he'll do later. Like, he's a goof. He is a goofball. 
he's a goofball. And I think Dario has a line he he won't like. I think uh, did the beginning episode have him sacrificing people in the ring? Or uh, well, regardless, Dario will throw anybody in the ring, right? He doesn't yeah, care. Exactly. He, he exactly. had he threw a he put a dishwasher in in the ring for Christ's yeah. sake, like just to get hurt. Yeah. Right. And he had he had the crew take out Pimpinella and Masquerita. So this is apparently a line he won't cross. <laughs> nope. Nope. He he apparently has uh some scruples. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I could see how Dario would get that vibe though. I really would. Well, if you think about it, he knows someone that's kinda special. Does he? He does. You can tell me off the air. You're alluding to something. Well, you um, should should know like who I'm talking about right now. You should know who's the one person that he has left. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah you see I gotcha. What, yeah. Yeah. It's not like yep. the spoiler. Like the crowd, like the audience listening, you should know too. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. But and I don't blame him because like Marty mentions like, hey, the moth is my spirit animal. Like I got Aztec <laughs> blood, man. And the temple, the temple is my destiny. I mean, he's wearing a yellow shirt, just a plain yellow shirt with just plain black letter font says mm-hmm. Aztec pride. Yes. <laughs> and he doesn't look like he's Aztec. No, he looks like he has a base tan. Yeah. He he seems like the most Caucasian uh, mm-hmm. person, uh, you know. He maybe like he's yeah. uh, what's her name? Uh, that's like one thirty seventh <laughs> Aztec baby. Uh, who's the politician? Are you, saying you think he? You think he's like the Elizabeth Warren of the Aztecs? Yeah, I, I, he's he's um, uh, culturally appropriating that in a way. Uh, <laughs> Am I wrong? Oh, gee. So that's the second cultural appropriator we've had on the show. Yeah. Should I edit that uh, out? Am I going to get in trouble for that? Or no, you're that? fine. I, yeah. Who cares? No one listens to this show. The way you responded made me think, oh, did I just do a racism? And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know. No, nah, you're, you're careful about that kind of thing. I think he's in trouble for that. But then again, I'm just a, I'm just a cracker-ass cracker, so what would I know? Um <laughs> Up next, we had uh, King Cuerno versus Cage versus Hernandez. And um, the first thing I noticed was Hernandez powdered at one point, got, you know, got taken out of the ring. But then, like, and they even cut to it. They show it in the crowd and the, you know, on the camera. He's just chilling out there at one point, man. Like, Hernandez is not above taking a rest when it's, I mean, advantageous, I guess would be the word. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's smart. Like, if if wrestling is a sport, you should do that, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah I didn't notice again, that. Like, if you're, like, have any honor whatsoever, you're not necessarily supposed to. Well, it's also kind of a... It's also a handicap match, in a way, and he kind of wanted them to fight amongst each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't blame him. But, yeah, Hernandez is showing some... Uh, heelish, or at least some tweener uh, personality yeah. traits, which is going back. To, like they've shown how Pumas reacted to Hernandez, and 
I think the story that Boomer's they want. not a fan. No, he's not a fan. Uh, and I think he's wondering if he's being replaced by Conan with Hernandez. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, if I was, because that, that's definitely the vibe you get from Puma after he, uh, it was after he beat Cuerno when Hernandez interfered and, like, tried to raise his hand and everything. Like, mm-hmm. Puma's definitely jealous. He's like the, uh, <sighs> he's like, let's say you're in a relationship, and but you have a longtime friend who is of the opposite sex. Maybe, you know, Puma would be like the jealous girlfriend, you know? I can Does that see make that. any sense to you? No, I, I it took me. I got the characters mixed up, but yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he's he's. He, but I, I the the thing you got to be asking yourself as a as a viewer is is he justified in feeling yeah. that way? Mm-hmm. And I think they've shown enough evidence where I'd be you know kind of like wondering what's this guy doing? Yeah, and not only that, like what is Conan's motivation? Because like Conan said, like hey, like it or not, he he didn't say like it or not, but it didn't seem like Puma had much of a choice. Hernandez was going to be his partner in the trios tournament, no matter what. And this is, and maybe some of the Vampiro, you know, shitting on Conan was supposed to reflect this. It's just, it was too much of it. It was like a minority report where in uh, I think it's Colin Farrell says, you know, this is an orgy of evidence. It's too much evidence. It's mm-hmm. you got to dismiss it, but yeah, it's, they're going for something here and I, and I respect it. The the, uh, the story they're trying to tell. I mean, it's a good one. I, I like things that are a little bit subtle. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. And I love this because this was just a hoss fight, dude. And uh, at one point, <laughs> Hernandez hits what Stryker called an intestine buster. And it was badass, but what was even more badass was the look on Hernandez's face as he sat there and sold it like, yeah, I'm badass. What's the big deal? He already knew this. Dude, he has so much charisma in the goddamn ring. And that's actually yes. some people, a lot of people don't have that. They just do yeah. the hot spot. The spot is what is the thing, not them. But Hernandez, he the way he poses, the way he he does is like, it's almost like you're playing the, uh, the old wrestling games where you could taunt. And you can build mm-hmm. up your meter. It's like that's what he's doing almost. And he's and the crowd is behind. I was behind him, and I'm not even. You know, we've been shitting on him a little bit. And I was like, yeah, all right, mm-hmm. this guy's awesome. Yeah. And at some point in the match, that crazed, potentially special fan uh, that we had, Marty the Moth, as he calls himself, pops up in the ring from anywhere, as I put it, and just gets assaulted by all three guys because don't hop the rail. Yeah, it leads more to wondering, is he, is he having mental issues? And, you know, uh, you'll find out. But <laughs> it, it couldn't have, like, he didn't go in there with the crew. He didn't go in there with, like, Pimpinella and Masquerita. He went in there with uh, Hernandez, Cuerno, and uh, who else Cage. was in there? Literally Cage. the three biggest guys on the roster. Yeah, dude. Well, three of the four biggest guys on the roster. No, three of the five biggest guys on the roster. Dude, it was funny because did you notice that every time uh, they took out Hernandez, it, the opportunity to turn on each other, it was always Cage turning on Cuerno. <laughs> of course, yeah. Cuerno's supposed to be the smart hunter, but he, Cage is uh, Cage looked more intelligent in this because I, I don't think Cuerno ever really got one over on Cage. Yeah, no, I would chalk it up more than anything because Cuerno is a smart guy. 
I would chalk it up to hubris. Yeah, I could see that because he, he he looks surprised each time. He's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> it's like we're trying to get <laughs> trying to get the title match, bro. Yeah, exactly. But Hernandez got the win, man. So Hernandez is the next number one contender. It was a very strange because he got the win over Cuerno, and Cuerno just had his title match. Um, they're they're hyping, but they wanted you to think Hernandez is a beast here. He's kind of yeah. kind of sort of in a handicap match against two of the mm-hmm. biggest dudes. He wins, and now he has a title shot against Puma. And Conan was out there too. Conan was hooting and hollering. So now Puma has to wonder, like, hey, am I being replaced? Because if Hernandez takes the belt off Puma, Conan's not hurt. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, because, and again, Puma, if you're Puma, you really got to worry because, I mean, Conan and Hernandez have a history. He managed him in TNA. Yeah. He's got to worry about these things. I mean, they're not, you're only paranoid if you're wrong. Yeah. He's got to worry about that, and then he's got to check his conscious at the door. Sorry, I dropped my tablet there. Um, <laughs> if you if that got picked up on the show, um, he's got to check his conscious out the door because, like, you're fighting a title versus career match, and if you lose, you lose money, and if you win, this guy that maybe you respect a little bit can't work here anymore. So it's Tough times mentally for Prince Puma, for sure. Trying times. Yes, uh, trying times, unprecedented times, etc. Uh, Vampiro interviewed Team Havoc. Ivelisse took all the credit, and they all still hate each other. It was a funny interview, though. It was, but it felt a little regressive, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I think they, they're going for the Bebop and Rocksteady type of relationship, where they're just constantly beat each other up and hate each other i mean the best part was vampiro trying to control the whole conversation and vampiro is just when you think of order you don't think of vampiro yeah and the one thing i did love though is that like when he introduced all of them he introduced havoc last because he went uh, you know right to left and him and havoc did like a fist bump if i'm not mistaken i missed that it was pretty funny yeah and we did get to hear Matt Cross's totally real big boy voice, so that was awesome. I miss it. Um, yeah. Uh, up next, main event time. Lucha Underground Championship is on the line, as is Drago being able to wrestle in the temple. Prince Puma versus Drago. And I wrote down, you know, Prince Puma has to check his conscience at the door because the title's on the line. Didn't write down a lot of the spots. One that did stick out to me, Puma tried the Lair of the Dragon, you know, the pinning combination that Drago did, and nearly got the win off of it. It was a good match. I mean, like, you, there's a lot in the line. Drago loses. He leaves the temple. He's a major player. He's a, he's a major character. Uh, mm-hmm. Puma's a major character. I mean, do we see Puma losing it? No. So are, is this the last time we're going to see Drago? Uh one of my favorite spots is they started doing uh, counter or uh, interchanging spinning back heel kicks to each other. And those look amazing. Yes. Like I think Osprey does. No, he doesn't do a spinning. He does just a side. But I, I love that kick. It's so, uh, I don't want to say dangerous, but it's because, you know, you're kicking someone in the face. It's obviously dangerous. But I think not being a wrestler, it's probably a move that's hard to, to make look good and not hurt. Yeah, Absolutely. But it looks so good. 
that's that's my rich loves the flippy stuff i love it when people get kicked in the face that's that's mm-hmm. my favorite part of wrestling yep absolutely that's uh that's maserati pro wrestling right there it, it so <laughs> much is you have no idea vampiro asked uh three questions in, in rapid succession to matt striker he said you agree these men are some of the best fighters in the world striker said yeah i would agree vampiro said you think they deserve all the applause they're getting striker said yes i would agree <laughs> He says, you think Conan should stay out of this? <laughs> and Stargard's like, well, that's where you and I disagree, friend. Yeah, it's it's one of those uh, things where, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. Mm-hmm. And Vampiro's storyline-wise is right here. Conan yes. is being fishy. You know, he's, he shouldn't be trusted. Yeah, no. He's like the Matt Hardy. If you're watching AEW, he's like Matt Hardy right now. He's... Would you really trust him? He's kind of carny, you know. Does he really have your best? I mean, and frankly, like, is he really a great coach? That's a good question, man. But I, I uh, haven't been watching AEW. Not to spike them, I just haven't been watching. So I don't know the answer. Well, they had uh, one point where the ref got knocked down. I forget how. But Drago hit Puma with a... Uh, Mexican Destroyer, again, a believable yes. finish. And he gets the visual pin because he has yeah. Puma pinned, and the crowd's counting one, two, three, four. And visual pins are great in wrestling because it shows the audience you can do it. And I think that's essential for people. Mm-hmm. If you can't give them, like, usually, how many times have we seen matches booked where we're like, and then there's a fuck finish? And People are like, well, if you can't do the match, don't do it. If someone can't afford a loss, don't do the match. Well, this is how you get around that. If someone can't afford a loss, you give them the visual win, right? Mm-hmm. And then they look strong, and then they can lose later. I mean, and it's a Mexican destroyer, so it's also a believable finish. It's not like he just did a vertical suplex, went for a visual pin, and then we're supposed to – the audience isn't going to buy that. The psychology's not there. But he does a Mexican destroyer. <laughs> yeah. Gets the visual three count. He looks strong doing that. And then, and stop me if I'm getting ahead of you. Because uh, I can go right to that. After finish. that ref bump and the visual pin, though, that's when Hernandez shows up. There you go. And we've got Prince Puma in front of Drago. They're both kind of stunned at the time. And they're getting up. Hernandez goes to tackle to spear as it seemed Puma, but Puma ducks him. Puma yeah. gets out of the way. Drago eats all of that spear. Yep. And then Puma pulls off his... Uh, which move did he do? Did he do the uh, shooting star? Uh, let's see here. Uh, it wasn't an SSP. No, it wasn't even It wasn't even high-flying. It was an impact move. Oh, yes. He did, the, he did a... Uh, it was almost like the Samoan driver earlier. I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it yeah. was a uh, uh, blue thunderbomb. Mm-hmm. It was either a blue thunderbomb. Yeah, bomb. that sounds right. Yeah, it was either a blue thunderbomb or a or spinning move... tombstone pile driver. That's what I wrote down. Yes, it was a Samoan drop. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was mm-hmm. believable finish, and Drago takes the L. But this is after Drago had the visual win, after Hernandez had to interfere. So yeah. If anything it makes it doesn't make look it doesn't make Puma look weak really, uh, just because you know Puma was already looking stronger going in, but it makes Drago look so strong. 
Absolutely. In defeat. Absolutely. If anything, like, it kind of sells you how, like, mentally and, like, the the alignment of Prince Puma, because he was so, like, like, okay, I got to get the win, but, oh, man, I got to... I respect Puma, and I got to put him away and get rid of him. Yeah, they showed a, a sequence where he was Conan yelling at him to finish it, and he's reluctantly setting him up for. And I wrote down, I, I found it. It was a it was a spinning blue thunder bomb. There we go. Pretty sure it was. Yeah, but that um, sounds right. Because it was was it a power bomb or a pile driver? It ended up as. No, either way, it got it got Prince Puma the win. It was amazing. Let's just say that. I, yeah. I don't remember. It was either a uh, it was either a blue thunder bomb or a Samoan driver. Either way, it was. Well, so uh, that's the thing. The viewers, if you're doing what we tell you and you're watching these shows before we review them, uh, they will know exactly what it is. So it doesn't necessarily matter. It was crazy though. It was. It, mm-hmm. You should lose to that. Like it wasn't. Yeah. You know, it, it's definitive finish, which I love. I love definitive finishes. Um, it was great. It was a great match. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree. And Prince Puma like wins the match and he's so pissed. He's so upset. Like and Conan has to console him for it, you know, because of it. Prince Puma picks up Drago in a hug. Drago's kind of resistant, but he accepts the hug. Prince Puma does the classy thing, gives the ring to Drago. Drago salutes the temple, leaves through that same entrance that uh he and uh Pentagon Jr. take out of the ring to the ring. And then we cut to Drago leaving the temple and he runs into Dario Cueto. I can't remember what Dario says, but Drago says, we'll meet again. And then Drago leaves through fire. Yeah, he's a dragon. It's wild, dude. (laughs) The, The look on Dario's face was like he didn't care. But yeah. it goes back to my point where I think he do- he only doesn't care because Drago lost. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But he cared enough to show up. <laughs> yeah, he cared enough to because uh, he didn't really taunt him after no. he lost. He had a smug look on his face, but it was almost as if he was hiding his true emotions. That's my opinion. And exactly. I could be reading into exactly. it too much, but I think he was upset. I think he was... Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know how to articulate it without sounding like I'm I'm stretching something any more than I already am. But I just felt like, you know, he saying goodbye. You know. Yeah. No, I would agree. I would agree. And now, with that considered, what would you rate this show on a uh, grading scale from S to F? I'm gonna give it an A. I am uh, inclined to agree. I'm inclined to agree with that. Even A. Maybe an A minus, but very good show. Very good show. Very good show. I mean, there's really no weak points. Even even things that should be weak, like Tejano. I love that segment. Yeah. He beat the crap out of everybody. Yeah. And the uh, crowd loved that segment too, man. I don't know if you if you I forgot to mention this, but every time those guys kept throwing a right hand <laughs> and if it got blocked, they would hold their arm in pain <laughs> as if they were recovering mm-hmm. from their arm being broken. Yep. Yep. It was just a good episode. Like, I mean, uh, I, we're, I, I know we stressed before we're trying to make sure the ratings are, you know, don't break the scale too easily. But this is a great wrestling show. This is a in the pocket. This is an amazing episode. 
Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. But here's the thing, man. Like, it takes more than one great show to make a great network. And we're not alone here. We are joined every week by shows including the likes of 8-Bit Suplex. That is an impact and video game-based podcast here on the network. Hosted by Josh McLaughlin and Sandy Gaviria. Pretty good show if you like impact and if you like video games. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. Mm-hmm. If you like AEW, you can check out All Things Elite with my good friend Floyd Johnson and Austin S., I believe he goes by. Um, that's AEW talk right there. If you want to hear them get slurped off for an hour, then you can do that. I'm just kidding. You know, they're good people. AEW is a good little fed. Uh <laughs> Well, I got Floyd to admit that we're not too. No one's asking for that Cody Shack thing, so Floyd's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Floyd. Yeah, Floyd doesn't pull punches, man. Uh, of course, there's us, the best show on any podcast network. That includes the Kurt Angle Show. <laughs> we're better than any show. Uh, <laughs> great match generator. That's DJ Cook's work right there. Uh, generating great matches, watching, reviewing them. Pretty simple format. Good, uh, good idea for a show. Anyway, we've also got the grown grown men watch this shit. That is more independent wrestling based. That's um, that's Chris Things and oh, what the fuck? Uh, James Vanderbeek on Twitter. There, not Dawson's Creek. James Vanderbeek, of course, but you know whatever. No, you He's shouldn't have said you that. Like- you should have let them think it was James Vanderbeek. <laughs> yeah they, yeah they just talk indie wrestling in dawson's creek for an hour and a half um uh, if you like new japan check out keeping it strong style that's young boy josh smith and the boss the head honcho jefe jeremy donovan as well if you like new japan pro wrestling aka One john Nation juris radio yes john juris real ass wrestling um one nation radio the og of this network the the number one show man the first show to ever exist on here can't think of any more synonyms for it one nation radio hosted by rich latta and james boyd no i didn't forget anyone's name when i said that yeah check out last uh, sorry i was gonna say check out some of the stuff rich is doing because he's doing some uh uh, some stuff with some superstars you might recognize. Yeah, you might. You might, actually. Maybe we talked about one of them on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Last, definitely not least, uh, my favorite Scots on the network. We've got the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Damn good guys, mostly WWE talk, some Brit Rest talk, that sort of thing. A couple of good Scots, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, also, don't forget to check out our website for articles. We got Muzza leaves a lot of articles mm-hmm. on there as well. Very good, very good uh, written stuff on our on our columns there. And please support the podcast, uh, specifically us at redcircle.com yes. slash grave hyphen consequences hyphen podcast slash donations. Uh, your money can put a smile on Caleb's face for yeah. just a dollar a day. Um, and, we, yeah. and we want him to be able to eat again. So. For just yeah, for just a dollar a day, you can help me count calories and lose and, weight and eat them and become two thirds <laughs> Caleb and become two thirds Caleb and become a full on man dime. We're talking L.A. Rams, Sean McVay, man dime. And hey, maybe one of you listeners, you meet your husband. Who knows, man? You never know. 
<laughs> yes, uh, that's what we need. We need the uh, win a date with Caleb Baldwin uh, sweepstakes. <laughs> I mean, that's all you, bro. You never know who's going to win. I mean, what's the contest? <laughs> who knows, man? Um, who knows? I can't rip this bit anymore. I, I didn't think of a punchline. There is um, none. There is an, I'm the punchline. Uh, <laughs> full on Judge Dredd. I am the punchline. Folks, that's the show. If you thought we were stretching, if thought if you thought we wanted to take extra little bits of your time, you're wrong. Sometimes when you're wrong, you think I'm going to end the show. Maybe I'm not. Sometimes when you're but wrong. Now I'm going to end. <laughs> but now I'm going to end the show. And you're right. And sometimes even when you're right, there's nothing other than grave consequences. credit card bill.